All right, we hit. Got to get, got to get the technology set up, which will be. Yeah. All right. What's up, Salt Company? My name is Colin. If you don't know me, um, if I haven't met you, I want to meet you after. So um, come up to me. Would love to get to know you. But I'm on staff here uh, with Salt Company. Thanks for being here. Like Hannah said, if you are new, if this is your first time at Salt Company. Um, a special welcome to you guys. Thanks for being here. Uh, we're pumped to have you guys here. We are in the middle of a, of a habit series. Uh, Drake started it last week, and, and Drake talked about worship, but that's going to be the theme of our habit series, is these habits are, are going to create opportunities for you guys to worship. We're going to create opportunities for you guys to worship, and I don't know about you, but I was really convicted by, by Drake's message that we, that we all worship something. We all worship something, but there's only one thing that's worthy of our worship. There's only one thing that'll satisfy our worship and that's Jesus. And so I left last Thursday and I was like, I'm, I got to find, find time in my life to worship Jesus more. Right. I don't know about you guys, but I was like, I I'm, I'm spending time with Jesus this week. And then Sunday hits and Sunday's the start of my week. So Monday for you guys. And my life didn't really change that much, right? Because, because we're busy. We're busy people. And so my question for you to open is, how is spending time with Jesus this week? How much time did you carve out of your week in order to spend with Jesus? In order to spend with the one, the only one who's worthy of your worship? I would guess if I asked most of you that question, it would be, I would, but, but I'm busy. I, I, had a re- I was really tired this week. I just didn't get that much sleep. So th- think about your week last week. Tired, busy. I bet that would be the theme for most of you. Now think about your upcoming week. And I think if we're honest with ourselves, the week's probably not going to change. You're going to be as busy as you were, maybe busier. The semester's picking up. You're going to have more tests, more quizzes, more homework to do. There's going to be more pressure on your week this upcoming week than there was last week. So if I say, how are you going to spend time with Jesus? And you do nothing about it. Your weeks are just going to get busier and week by week, month by month, your situation really won't change that much. You won't actually all of a sudden come up with this time to worship Jesus if you don't carve it out. Your life wasn't meant to be like that. You weren't designed to just be busy and never carve out time to spend with Jesus. In fact, you were designed to do the exact opposite. You were designed to spend time with Jesus. You were made to be in relationship with Jesus. Jesus wants to offer you a stress-free life. Doesn't that sound good? You guys are in college. I'm so stressed. I hear that all the time. Jesus wants to offer you a stress-free life. Jesus wants to encourage you. He wants to love you. And Jesus wants you to know that you actually can slow down. But why are you guys not experiencing that? Because I think if we're honest with ourselves, most of us aren't experiencing that life. We're still stressed. We're still busy. We're still tired. Because you think you're too busy to slow down. You think you're too busy to slow down. All right. So Jonathan helped me out today. I actually asked him to ask you that icebreaker. So think of that person that you wanted to spend a a meal with, share lunch with. Think of an afternoon. 
So for me, I was, I was kind of between Steve Jobs or C.S. Lewis, maybe. Um, someone said George Orwell, Dolly Parton. Those were some names I heard. So imagine that person. Monday, middle of the day, phone buzzes. What's up, Annika? This is George Orwell here. I'm in your room. I'd love to hang out with you for the day. Okay? Maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's LeBron James. What's up, ma'am? This is LeBron. would love to hang out. Are you going to respond with, oh, sorry, bro. I have to go play intramural hoops tonight. Yeah, sorry, Steve Jobs. I have a test to study for. You're going to have to wait. Like, you guys are laughing because that would be absolutely ridiculous if you responded that way. You would drop everything you're doing. You would say, hey, sorry, intramural team, letting you down tonight. I'm going to go hang out with LeBron. You know what, professor? I'm getting a B on the stinking quiz. I got to spend the day with Steve Jobs. So why don't you do that with Jesus? The question actually isn't if you're too busy to spend time with Jesus You just have misprioritized your entire life. You think getting the A on the test, you think following through on playing intramurals are all way, 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 way more important than spending time with Jesus. You're not too busy. You have just misprioritized your life. We act like we're the victim of our busyness. Oh, I'm so busy. But we're not actually the victim of our busyness. We're the perpetrator of it. Here's what I mean by that. You have made intentional decisions in your life that have made you busy. Your busyness is a direct result of decisions you've made. All right, so enough of me talking. We're going to get into the Bible. We're going to be in John 15 today. We're going to teach out of the Bible. That's what we do at Salt Company. If you're new, we teach out of the Bible. So if you don't have a Bible, you can get it on your phone. There's one, one's under the chairs. Uh, that's a gift to you if you guys don't have a Bible. Uh, But we're going to be in John 15, three quarters of the way through your Bible. And uh, as you guys turn there, John 15 is all about um, abiding. It's it's Jesus talking and and he uses abide, abide in me, abide in me, abide in me throughout this entire chapter. And, and abide means, means to remain, not to leave or to stay. But we don't really use the word abide and I'm preaching. I have the microphone, so I get to make up a word. Um, So for today, we're going to use this word withness. Okay, it's going to be on the screen. It's not witness. It's it's withness. Um, So so the first point of today is that our lives are worthless without withness. Our lives are worthless without withness. So we're going to be starting in verse 5 of John 15. So John 15, verse 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. Here's where I want you guys to focus in. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. So focus on the second half of that. Apart from me, you can do nothing. How much of your life do you spend apart from God? Because I think if you're like me, if we're honest with ourselves, we end up compartmentalizing our life, right? I'm going to give this much time to to religious activities. I'm going to give this much time to my friends. And then I have 
um, this folder called the future. And, I, and that's where school fits in. That's where internship fits in. That's where networking with every person that's ever existed in my potential field comes in. And, um, and then we have like our work and we, and we have all these different areas of our life and they're so separated. And so if you're like me in that, then how much of your life are you spending apart from God? I just want to do a little math using, using the words of Jesus. These are not my words. These are the words of Jesus and a little math. If you spent 30 minutes a day with Jesus, which is probably more than some of you, um, or three hours a week. So three hours a week would be coming to Salt Company and going to Connection Group and everything else in your life is separated from Jesus. You don't think about Jesus. You're not setting your mind on Jesus. You're not praying. You're not reading your Bible. That would make 98% of your life worthless by Jesus' definition. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So if you're separating your entire life except for three hours of your week from Jesus, 98% of your life, Jesus is telling us, is as good as throwing it in the fire and burning it. It's worthless to Jesus. Guys, our society has drastically misdefined success. And you have trusted culture more than you have trusted Jesus. What are you looking for? Like, what in this world are you looking for? If I say, if you had blank. If, if I had blank, then I'd be happy. What's that thing? Maybe, maybe it's money. Maybe it's success. Maybe it's the job you've always wanted. We live in a culture that praises those who work 70 hours a week. Those who work 70 hours a week, those people are successful. They know exactly what they want in this world. Here's what's funny. Those who work 70 hours a week are the ones who have no idea what they want in this world. Because they work so hard to get something, then they get it, realize it, realize it's not actually what's going to satisfy them, and they go back to working hard. They go back to working 70 hours a week. And then they get the next thing that they think is going to satisfy them, and they do it again and again and again. We're busy people. We're busy people, but we, we've trusted culture more than we've trusted Jesus. Have you guys ever asked yourself why you're so afraid to slow down? Seriously. I, I had to ask myself this. I was that super busy person. We're going to get to that later, but, but I was that person. Here, here are some of the things I'm guessing you would say if you were really honest with yourself. I'm afraid I'm not enough. So I got to work my way into being enough. I'm trying so hard to be like my parents. Or maybe the other side. I'm trying so hard. I'm working so hard not to be like my parents. I just want the approval of the team. I want the approval of my friends. I want, I want the approval of, of that boy or that girl. Or simply, if you, you believe if you slowed down, you'd just be a failure. That your life, you'd, be, you'd fail if you slowed down. So here's how I live most of my life. And I, and I just had, I put a phrase to it because it was helpful for me. I pursued this idea of the holy CEO. That's what I called it. 
I was trying to think of something more catchy. I came up with Holy CEO. Um, but for, for a lot of my life, I, I wanted to be pursue this idea of cultural success. I wanted to pursue the idea of cultural success, but I also wanted to pursue the idea of, of being successful in the church. I wanted to pursue godliness, right? I wanted others to view me as successful, but I also wanted the approval of those who knew me. I wanted to be successful there too, both in culture and in the church. Here's the thing. You cannot have that. You cannot pursue both of those things at the same time because If you pursue one of them, you don't have the other. If you pursue success in the eyes of culture, if that's actually what you want, and you think you are equating godliness with that, then you have so grossly equated godliness with something that is so much worse. So you actually don't really know what godliness is, what pursuing a life with Jesus is. And if you're pursuing a life with Jesus, a life of godliness, then cultural success will come and go. It won't matter that much. You might get it, you might not, but it will not matter to you. They are mutually exclusive ideas of pursuing cultural success and pursuing a life with Jesus. One will naturally be more important to you. What if a successful life actually had nothing to do with what you did and it had everything to do with who you became? So, here's how I thought about this one. Guys, two weeks ago, two weeks and some change, Kobe Bryant died. If you don't know Kobe, he's one of the most successful basketball players to ever play the game of basketball. I was, I was scrolling through what people were saying about Kobe after he died. He was the epitome of success. He was the first to practice, the last to leave. He defined success. Kobe is a success. And here's what I'm not saying. I, don't, don't mishear me in this. That, that I, I think Kobe had, isn't going to heaven. That's not a decision for me to make. But here's the reality. Here's what I do know. I don't know what Kobe's relationship with Jesus was like. Here's what I know. Two Sundays ago, Kobe met Jesus. And Jesus did not ask him about his basketball career. Jesus did not care how good Kobe was at putting a ball into a basket. He didn't. Think about the things you have going on in your life. How many of them are worthless? How many of them are you pursuing so far away from Jesus? You're not associating Jesus with them. You're not thinking about Jesus when you do them. And they're worthless. How, much, how many of the things that you are pursuing are so short-sighted in the scale of eternity? Right, like, oh, I want this so someday I can have that. I'm going to... S- I'm going to work super hard now so someday I can have retirement. I'm thinking long term. I'm thinking retirement. I'm thinking when I'm 80. What about eternity? What about the scale of eternity? Do you care more about what you do or who you become? Think about yourself in 40 years. Your kids, your family, 
a career. In 40 years, when you are 60, are you going to care more about what you did or who you became? Because spending time with Jesus is way better. Turning your focus towards Jesus is way better. There's nothing more important than that. It's the way you were created to live is to be with Jesus. It's the way you were created to live. And we are perpetrators of our own schedule. We work, 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 work for worthless things. So some of you are probably thinking, I want a purpose-filled life, but but I feel like I've wasted too much of my life. But I feel like I'm too far from Jesus. But I feel like I need to come clean first. Like I need to clean myself up. I need to, I need to get all that insecurity, all those fears of failures out. I need to be clean and then I can come to Jesus. Guys, that's, that's not true. Maybe you're tired and you're not just busy, but you're hurried. You're, you're distracting You're feeling distracted. Let's look back at John 15. Let's see what Jesus has to say to us. Verse 3. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Guys, we now have access to Jesus because of his finished work on the cross. And can be in his presence because of what he has done, not because of what we can do. So we're going to transition. Point two. The purpose in witness. The purpose of witness. There is purpose in witness. Because I think if we're honest with ourselves, I can see it on your faces. Lighten up a little bit. I can see it on your faces. But if we're honest with ourselves, this semester, this year, so far in my life, it's just not, a, not all that I hoped it would be. I'm not as happy as I thought I would be. I'm not as joyful as I thought I would be. I haven't figured as much out as I thought I would. Life's not all that I thought it would be. Like, we feel stuck. It's hard to get out of bed. We rush through our days. And you have this pain in your life. And you numb the pain with distraction. I know something's not right. I know something's off in my life. Might as well watch Netflix. I I, I can feel something's not right, but I'm just going to numb all that pain in my life with distraction. Social media. I'm just going to numb my life and fill it with distraction. Maybe you've convinced yourself that in order to be loved, you cannot stop working. You either cannot stop working or you cannot stop being distracted. Because then the real you would be exposed. That's exhausting. That's exhausting. Everyone in this room wants it. Everyone in this room wants a lasting joy. A joy that satisfies deep. A joy that's not going to go away. Let's see what Jesus has to say about that. All right, John 15, 11, verse 11. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. That my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Guys, Jesus wants to give you joy. Even better than that. 
Jesus wants to give you himself. So the question is, what is the purpose of withness? What is the purpose of withness? The purpose is withness. The whole point in your life is to be with Jesus. It's not so you can get something. It's not, you don't spend time with Jesus so you can get something. You spend time with Jesus because that's what you were made to do. That's what you were created to, where you were created to be in his presence with him. Guys, what a ridiculous message that we get the joy of Jesus. That is absurd. That is ridiculous. Jesus was the happiest man to ever walk on the earth. And it wasn't like this fake, I'm, I'm putting on a smile, but deep down in, I'm, I'm really not that happy. I'm not that satisfied with my life. He was perfectly satisfied with his life. He had the deepest joy that anyone has ever had. And he's giving you that. That's amazing. He wants to give you a life worth living. All right, let's look back at, at John 15, verses, verse 4 now. I know we're jumping around a little bit, but abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I want to focus on the first seven words. Abide in me and I in you. So abide in me. That's a command. Jesus is saying, abide in me. I'm commanding you. Okay? How does he follow that up? And I in you. That's a promise. Jesus commands us to abide in him, but he promises us that he'll abide with us. So why can we follow the command? Why can we abide with Jesus? Why can we be with Jesus? Spend time with Jesus. Turn our focus away from distraction towards Jesus. Why can we do that? Because we trust the promise. We can abide with Jesus when we trust the promise. Like, Colin, how do I trust the promise? Because before you could ever follow the command to abide with Jesus, Jesus made the promise and followed through on the promise. Here's how we followed through on the promise. Here's how we can believe the promise of Jesus. Because 2,000 years ago, he took all that failure you're feeling he took all those insecurities that you're feeling and he hung on a cross. He hung on a cross for that sin, for those insecurities, for those fear of failure. And so we can look at a bloody cross and we can say, Jesus is going to follow through on his promises. We can look at an empty tomb and say, Jesus is alive and so he can be with me. And if I can believe that Jesus can be with me, I can be with him. And that's, there's no better place to be than with Jesus. How do we trust the promises of Jesus? We look to a cross and then we can start following his commands. And that's the best life to live is following the commands of Jesus. Like, I don't know about you, but, but I want to spend time with Jesus. I want to be with Jesus. Let's look back at John 15, verse 9. Guys, this is just getting sweeter and sweeter. You can still have these down looks on your faces, but this is getting sweet. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. Whoa. Whoa. Guys, the Father has loved the Son. God, who is perfect, loves his Son so much. Jesus loves you. 
like that. Come on. (laughs) Abide in my love. Despite pain, despite failure, despite insecurity, abide in my love. Spend time with Jesus. Sit in Jesus' presence. Come on. (laughs) Guys, oh my goodness. If we, if we like cut out distraction of our lives and focused on Jesus, our lives would change drastically. I really think so. Like our entire lives would change because our, our life would no longer be defined by what we did, but who we did it with. Our whole life would be defined not by what we did, but by who we did it with. So, what does this look like? Like, practically. All right, Colin, get to the practicality. What does this look like? Slow down and cut distraction out of your life. Slow down and cut distraction out of your life. There's nothing in your life that's that important. Nothing in your life is that important. So, here, I'm going to start with a a sensitive one, maybe. Um, What if you didn't watch The Bachelor on Monday nights? Okay. What if, what if you didn't watch Netflix? What if you didn't distract yourself with Netflix? What if you didn't get to the next prestige on COD? I don't even know if that's the right lingo. I don't play COD, but you get what I'm saying. All right. All right, more serious now. Uh, what if you turned off your phone and spent the time you'd spend on social media on your knees in prayer? Like, Colin, I only spend five minutes on social media. Sweet, spend five minutes in prayer. What if you didn't play that sport? I don't, I don't know what it is in your life, so you have more time. What if you got the B on the test and you took the extra 10 hours of studying that you would have studied in order to try to get the A and you just spend time with your roommate and you ask your roommate, what, God, what is God doing in your life? I want to I reorient my focus from myself, from distraction, towards Jesus. You're not the victim of the busyness in your life, you are the perpetrator of the busyness in your life. Your whole life, you've convinced yourself that you need to work harder in order to be a success. I need to do more. I need to be involved in more things. I need to work harder. I need to spend more time working. I need to pack my schedule. I need to get all A's. Then I'll be a success. Only then will I be a success. And... Apple has convinced you that the best drug for your pain is in your pocket. I have this pain in my life. I'm just going to distract myself. I have this pain in my life. I'm sitting on my couch. I don't really know what to do. I'm going to pull up Netflix. The pain that you are trying to cover up, you look to your phone, and your phone is never going to heal it. And then you think that believing that lie has no effect on your walk with Jesus. I'm just busy. It's not really affecting my walk with Jesus. I'm just busy. I distract myself. It's not really affecting my walk with Jesus. Guys, if you started trusting the promises of Jesus, here's what your life might look like. Stress and anxiety free. 
The ability to say no. Yo, dude, you want to hang out tonight? You want to join your ninth intramural team? You want to join your 15th club? Nah, I'm good. You'd have margin in your life to love people. Like, I feel like a lot of you are like, oh, I just want to love that person. I just don't have time. What if you gave yourself margin in your life to love people? What if you felt refreshed as opposed to feeling drained? Right? Like, you st- oh, I spent the night watching Netflix. I'm still not that refreshed. It wasn't actually that refreshing. I still feel drained. What if you felt refreshed instead? I'm ready to go. I'm feeling good. You'd have the ability to be still. You could sit in your room and you wouldn't need to pull out your phone, turn on the TV. You could just be still in the presence of God. Here's the thing. You'd also get the belief that before you had done anything, maybe it's in the day, maybe it's in your life, but picture a day where you wake up and before you do anything, you know that you are loved, accepted, and welcomed into the presence of God. What if you slowed down enough in your life that before you did anything in your day, you knew that you were loved, accepted, and welcomed into the presence of God, the one who matters most? That'd be a radically different life. Now, I don't want you to hear all those things that I've listed are, are wrong, are bad. I watch Netflix. I like watching Netflix. I have an iPhone. My iPhone is really useful uh, to me. But here's what I'm saying. You guys keep saying you're too busy, and I know you guys are super distracted. So turn your attention off those things. Make intentional steps in your life to cut those things out. Some of those things out. Pick a few of the things I said. Do it. Turn off your phone. Turn off your phone for four hours. Do it. So I don't want to stand up here like like I'm this changed man who is really good at all these things that I'm saying. Because Tuesday of this week, I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to get ready for this sermon. Like, I'm very behind. I need to get ready for this sermon. And then Jesus, funny how he does this stuff, was like, dude, you need to spend time with me. Like, you're not practicing what you preach. Literally. Um, So, here's what I did. I went to a coffee shop. Um, I put my phone and my laptop on the other side of the table which are my tools to work, if you're not picking up on that. Distraction and work. Um, I read a book, just for fun. Just read a book. I read my Bible. Just, I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to read a chapter and then be done. I just, I read my Bible. I prayed. I journaled. I just quieted myself down. I eliminated the distraction in my life for just a few hours in order to refresh my soul. Here's what I've done other times. That was the most recent time. Here's what I've done other times. Listen to music. Listen to worship music. Sit, listen to worship music. Be still. Relax. Sit in silence. Try it. You'll be really bad at it. You're like, Colin, I can't be bad at sitting in silence. You will be. Seriously, try to sit in silence for an extended period of time. You'll start scratching at your leg for your phone. Talk to friends about what Jesus is doing in their life. 
Hang out with friends. What's Jesus doing in your life? I go to Chick-fil-A and I say, Jesus, you did not have to make fried chicken, fries, Chick-fil-A sauce, and sweet tea taste this good. But you did. Praise God. (laughs) Guys, you're just changing your focus from yourself, from distraction towards Jesus. You're making intentional steps in your life to put your mind on the things that matter, the one who matters. So what does this look like for you? Schedule time to rest. Next week, try it. You're not that busy. That's how we started. You're not that busy. Don't do homework. Don't be on your phone. Spend time with Jesus. Here's what you could do. Pick, pick one. Pick a few. Read. Read your Bible. Go on a walk. Play basketball with friends. Pray. You don't have to do these like overly spiritual things. Go to Chick-fil-A and have the best dang chicken sandwich you've ever had and say, praise Jesus for it. (laughs) Here's what I am saying, though. You don't have to do super spiritual things, but think about the one who matters most when you're doing it. If you're playing basketball, God, you did not have to give me these amazing friends. You did not have to give me the ability to play basketball. I am just enjoying my life, eliminating distraction, having a good time with people, with the ability, with a place that God has so generously blessed me with. And don't do it because you have to. Do it because you get to be with Jesus. It's all about who you're with. It's all about who you're with. Don't do it because you have to. Do it because you get to be with Jesus. All right. So... Here's something that'll, that'll help you think about this. About a month ago, over break, I went to California. And I'm sorry, it is a treat. Austin is here. He's playing the cajon. He's one of the people I went to California with. Um, but you'll, you'll understand. Guys, the people I went to California with, I love. Those are like brothers to me. They are people I love so much. Austin, Jacob, and Devin. Okay? Yeah. So here's the thing that defined my vacation in California. The warm weather was nice. What we did was fun. But it was who I was with that defined the entire vacation. Here's how I know this. One night, we treated ourselves. We're like, we're going to sushi. You can ask Austin after. I, like, went to town on the sushi. I love sushi. Okay, we also went to McDonald's. Both meals were memorable because I was with my best friends. There were days where we played spike ball on the beach, which if you know me, that is the dream. Okay, there was a day where we just watched a movie inside. We were in California. We stayed inside. The day was memorable because I was with my closest friends. I was with people that I absolutely love. I was with people that know me and love me. Guys, that is your life with Jesus. It's not actually about what you do. It is about who you are with. And guys, we have a present and waiting Jesus. Run to him. Run to Jesus. Put your eyes on Jesus. Start eliminating distraction and worthless hurry in your life and put your eyes on Jesus. We're commanded to abide, but he promises. He promises to be with us. We just have to be with him. Jesus has invited us into relationship with him. And when we trust in Jesus, when we put our faith in the cross, 
when we put our faith that Jesus has victory over sin, over failure, over all those things, and despite your failure, despite your sin, despite all the things that you haven't figured out yet in life, he loves you. He loves you. He wants to be with you. He'll never leave. So, so maybe you're coming back. Maybe you're like, all right, winter break was hard. Got to hit the reset button. I got to come back to Jesus. Maybe it's your first time. Maybe it's your first time, but, but run to Jesus. Run to Jesus. He's waiting. Here's the thing. Jesus has open arms. If you want the good life, run to Jesus. If you want rest, be with Jesus. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about sleeping better. I'm talking about like soul rest where you're not hurried, you're not distracted, you feel refreshed. Be with Jesus. If you don't want to waste your life, if you're, if you're fearful of having a life that you look back on and say, I don't want to become that person. I don't want to define my life by what I did and lose who I became. If you don't want that life, start spending time with Jesus now. You won't regret it. Guys, if you want to satisfy that hole in your life, that thing you feel like everything you've turned to in your entire life has never satisfied. There's no person, no job, no amount of money, no success, no anything in this world. And anything in this world is going to fill it. Only Jesus. Guys, be with Jesus. It's the best place to be. Let's pray. Father, thank you for that truth. That... Despite my insecurity, despite my failures, despite my sin, you have invited me into a relationship with you. That you are waiting for me. I thank you that it's not on me. If it was on me, I would be in a world of, of trouble. I would be in a world of trouble. God, I am in desperate need of you. I'm in desperate need of your presence. Help me. Help me to change my actions and run to you. Help this room to realize the things that they are living for will not satisfy them. Help this room to run to you. Pray all these things in Jesus' name.